To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Armors Podcast episode. Damn. <laughs> Run it back. Start it over. It's been a minute, <laughs> I forgot. Bro. I forgot. Is it 118 or something? Yeah, it's 118. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Armors Podcast episode 118. The boys are back in business to discuss fantasy sports, fantasy football, favorite time of the year. Very competitive around this time. Opinionated Bench Women's Podcast. Fantasy League has been activated. If you got the invite, you know how special it is every time. We're going to get into it, man. What's up, fellas? How y'all feeling? Man, it's feeling good. It's fantasy football season, man. We had a one preseason game. You know, it was, you know, it's, it's kind of like watching a JV game, but it was good. Football is back in the air. It's crazy because feel like football just finished. You know, some 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 people's teams just finished playing. You know, and winning Super Bowls. But we're not gonna speak on that. It's been a good time. I'm glad football's back. Let's get into it. We said this was a fantasy football pie. We did not say that this was a Rams pie at all. Nothing along those lines. But like you said, man, I'm excited about it. Uh, one of the best times of the year, especially getting an opportunity to talk fantasy football. Uh, I for a lot of this podcast may just sit back and listen and take some notes uh, because I happen to be in a couple of leagues with these guys that are on this podcast. So I think it's going to be kind of interesting to hear what they have to say. Uh, so I'm ready to get it rolling. Not going to delay it no more. Let's jump into it, man. Well, fellas, take a deep breath. We have experienced our last weekend with no college and pro football until December. So we got a lot of sports coming up uh, going forward uh, to February. Ramon's point. We're in two leagues together, right? So we're in two leagues together, the Black Mamba Dynasty League. And then we're in the Opinated Benchwomers Podcast League. And technically in three leagues together. And then we're in a third league. <laughs> uh, I don't know the name of that one, but we're in three leagues together. Oddly enough, um, man, it's just exciting time of year. Uh, so we're going to jump into it. We'll be talking fantasy all month, uh, get you prepare for your mock drafts or for your fantasy drafts coming up. So we'll start off just we'll ease into it right now. Uh, as, as we mentioned last episode, training camp is in full swing. All teams are in camp. There have been breaking stories here and there coming out of it. But fantasy implications, guys, uh, for preseason, well, who, who do you have your eye on, I guess, in reference to fantasy football and, and performing this preseason? Yeah, I mean, for myself, um, I look at the tight end position, right? It's been a position that 
Um, you know, it's one that you can't predict, right? The best player at the tight end position is a 33-year-old Travis Kelsey, right? And who knows when his decline is going to hit, right? He's going right now in the second round, you know, late first round and more in, in a lot of the drafts that I've been doing, best ball drafts. So he's one of those guys that, you know, he, he's, he's a good player, but he's aging. So I'm looking at, you know, waiting on that position, seeing if I can get a steal late on in the draft, see what happens. You know, and one guy I have is David Njoku. I like him with the Browns. He doesn't have very right, much. Here we go with that again. Every year is going to be his year. Not two <laughs> but yeah. every year is David Njoku's year. I, I feel you. But here's the thing, though. <laughs> when a team puts their money behind a player, that's when it opens my eye, right? He – Austin Hooper is now out of the picture. He's now with the Tennessee Titans. Now you bring Njoku in. He got paid. And so now you look at his target competition over there where you got Amari Cooper, a guy over there who's clearly number one guy. But after that, you got a bunch of guys at receiver who's trying to figure it out. Donovan um, Peoples-Jones, a guy that's still trying to put it together. He has very little competition there, right? And so then you look at the quarterback position. You look at, um, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. But, you know, with their backup coming in, he's been a guy that's constantly, constantly targeted tight end position. And I think right now he has every opportunity to um, really take advantage of the targets that's going to come his way. Because, again, he doesn't have that much competition there and he just got paid. So, again, this team wants to see him perform well. I don't see them paying him and then he just have a subpar year. So I think he's a guy that's, again, going out the round 10 right now that I think you can get later in drafts and he'll be a good, good pickup and hopefully, you know, be one of those um, guys that uh, blossom this year. Yeah. I mean, that's not a good, that's not a bad point there. Um, I always look at guys that are young. Um, what is he entering his fourth season, fifth season? Right. Around there. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, I mean, for me, I think he is who he is. I mean, I think that if he was able to perform, like you said, you'll probably be able to get him late in drafts. Um, which is not a bad thing at all. I don't think he's a bad fl late flyer for you. Um, but I think that you can get other guys if, at the tight end position, like a Cole Komet late as well, uh, who performs pretty well. He should be the guy out there in Chicago. Um, he's a decent tight end. I think he can give you maybe, what, what would you say, good performance, like 10, like what, 10 to 12 fantasy points in the PPR league? Would you be yeah. satisfied? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's tight end. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, I mean, that's a guy I kind of, kind of would, I would prefer him late than David Najoku, but that is a, that is a good one though. Los, I, I do like that. And, uh, you know, going forward and draft for people. Right. Yeah. And real quick, he is going to his third year, which it was crazy to me. He's only 26 years old. Yeah, it's like he's been, been in like four or five years. So <laughs> he is going into his third year and tight ends is one of those positions that usually take a little longer to blossom. So yes. it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, that's weird is, to me, man. Tight end has <laughs> always been a weird position for me in fantasy because if you don't get to, it's a severe drop off after the first top two dudes that go off the board. You know, top three guys. Yeah, and that's why you wait. Once those three guys go off the board, you wait. You, <laughs> you gotta go wait. And grab your guy late because uh, yeah. it's gonna be around the same or similar production uh, once you wait. Uh, but to kind of go and piggyback off of what you said, as far as you know, looking at young guys. I think that a big thing in preseason, you want to see how these rookies are looking, how are they performing or how are they adjusting uh, to the league? You know, I know that it was really hyped up in the, in the opposite way last year with some of the drops with Jamar Chase and all of that. And that kind of 
plummeted his value in some of those fantasy drafts, which allowed a lot of people to really get a steal last year in fantasy football. Uh, but what I would say, you know, taking a look at those young receivers, because what we're seeing as a trend now is that every year, at least one young receiver is popping, you know, and becoming a top 10, if not a top five guy fantasy football wise. So seeing what your Drake London's of the world, seeing what your Garrett Wilson's, you know, are doing, seeing what a guy, even though the reports are saying that he's running potentially with the second and third stringers and Traylon Burks, uh, but seeing what a guy like that does. Uh, so I think that that's of interest for me. Like you said, assessing young guys, seeing how they're adjusting and trying to keep your eyes on who might be that young receiver that pops like a Jamar Chase, that pops like a Justin Jefferson or along those lines. So that's something that I'll have my eyes on. So who is he, though, Ramon? You kind of talked around it, man. Yeah, man. Give, Give me a guy that you really got slick. an eye on. <laughs> yeah, he <ain't> slick. <laughs> uh, I, I would say, honestly, um, a guy that, you know, I do feel could pop it is Los's guy that he's mentioned uh, before as we were talking draft coverage in Drake London. Uh, I do feel that that's a guy that comes into a situation where he's obviously no less than the number two option around there. It's pretty much him and Kyle Pitts, and you look and see what else. I know Cordero Patterson, they'll run him in the backfield and kind of use him as a gadget guy, but to me there's automatic uh, target share that is there. Um, and you look at a guy in Marcus Mariota that, you know, he might not be obviously the greatest quarterback yeah. out there, but he has, there have been guys who've had productive fantasy seasons uh, with him. What a poor quarterback. Yeah. And so uh, I look at, I look at Drake London as a guy that, you know, could potentially be along those lines. You know, I don't want to elevate him exactly to the Jamar category or exactly to the Justin Jefferson, but when I look at rookie guys and then hearing, some of the troubling reports with Traylon Burks, who was another guy that I thought could potentially have that. Um, I would say that Drake London is the guy that I'm eyeing at this point. Well, you know, just to piggyback off you, Ramon, what you love in every fantasy wide receiver, that's volume. You look at a guy in Drake, like you said, with Pitts and nothing else to show for. Uh, they shift a Lotz guy out um, who he loves so much. What's your guy name? Russell uh, Gage, man. Yeah, Russell Gage. He yeah. loves Russell Gage. They shipped him out of there. So, there's really no competition, but when you look at the Falcons, I expect them to struggle again this season. So I, I expect them to be in a lot of passing situations. Now, Marcus Mariota does concern me a little bit. He's stumbled out of the gates. He was highly hyped up. Uh, the guy has hit rock bottom, and now he's getting another opportunity. Spent some time in Vegas with the Raiders, and now he's getting his opportunity. But that's the only thing I don't like about it. But talent, like you said, talent trumps everything. Drake London is a talent. He's 6'4". You can look at him getting a lot of red zone targets along with Pitts. Uh, I mean, when you're down in the red zone, you got to worry about Pitts and Drake London. Take your pick, you know. So, I mean, it's something my New Orleans Saints going to have to deal with twice a year. I'm not looking forward to. But, yeah, I, I like I'm – a, I'm a guy that I like Drake. Um, when I look at this preseason, uh, it's a few things that I want to look at is quarterback. Uh, I got two of them for you. Um, I like Zach Wilson. Um, I like what the Jets did in their draft. They have a, a stable running back. Uh, some would say they got Michael Carter, and then they went and draft Brees Hall. So, um, and then they went and got uh, your guy out of Bama. So, I, I like um, I like what they did in the draft as far as getting Zach Zach Wilson some weapons. Now that he did have a, they did have an injury on that offensive line uh, that's gonna hurt. Um, that what concerned me uh, because uh, Zach uh, didn't have the protection that he needed last year. 
but however, I like I like what he's seen. I think Zach uh, had a decent year. Uh, he was injured um, throughout the year. Uh, he struggled out the gates. Any rookie quarterback would. But I would love to see what's going to happen at this point. I would love to see now with him with some weapons. He got uh, Corey Davis. He got uh, – help me out with the guy from – Gary Wilson. Gary Wilson. <laughs> he has Gary Wilson, who's a burner. Uh, and then he has the running back. So, I mean, the only thing you worry about is his protection. Uh, when I look at a quarterback, too, if you want to stock up on those positional uh, positional uh, positions, uh, um, skill positions, that's the word I'm looking for. I mean, you can wait on a quarterback. Right now his average draft position is 180 in PPR league. So, I mean, if you want to zero in on Zach and see what he do, you could get a steal and have you a week-to-week starter if Zach is who he is as the number two pick that he went in that 2020 draft. Um, another guy I like too is Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. I think he had a lot of drama surrounding him uh, with his head coach who always finds himself in some drama with, uh, with Urban Meyer, who he spent uh, two episodes discussing Urban Meyer. You, you could flip back to our prior episodes and see what we had to say about that. Uh, but I think any rookie quarterback that goes into that, along with a, a struggling offensive line, along with, uh, just not many weapons, but you look at what Jacksonville did in the offseason. Uh, they didn't spare the bag. They gave um, – why am I stalling on names right now? Uh I'm talking about Christian Kirk. Money Christian Kirk, and they got a boy out of Dallas. Who Who is it? Who are you talking about? The tight end? I know they got Evan Ingram at the tight end position. Yeah, they got Evan Ingram, but they didn't they get a wide receiver from Dallas? I know. I'm gonna no. get my things mixed up. No, I think no. you're talking about Cedric Wilson. He went to Miami. Yeah, yeah, Cedric was yeah, same Florida team. <laughs> but hey, they went and got some weapons on the wide receiver, and then he got his boy uh, Etienne will be in the backfield with him, his old college pal. So I mean, Trevor Lawrence was one of those quarterbacks that they was stayed that was recruited. He was the golden boy. He didn't lose a game until he got to the NFL in his career. So. I mean, when you look at a guy like that, uh, you got a, the, the former number one pick in the 2021 draft. You got to expect him to do big things with another season under his belt. So that's one of those two quarterbacks that I'm looking at uh, in the draft. And then you can get you could probably look at getting Trevor Lawrence late in drafts as well, because people are going to be doubting. No, I like that. And keeping it with the same thing with you, man, you mentioned two second year players, the quarterbacks, right? Let's look at the second-year wide receivers. You look at the second-year wide receivers, and it's a loaded position, right? You got another year under their belt. There, Some of these guys already showed up on the scene, was completely tore up the lead. So you look at Jamar Chase. Obviously, with Jamar Chase, we know what he did. You look at Jalen Waddle over there now. With He has some guy over there that can help him out, that can uh, draw some attention over there. But a there. quarterback that can't throw yeah, we'll see how he turns out with Tua, but um, Jalen Waddle, you looking I say at this. Nash- what Tyreek telling us? I say us. this. That's not yeah. what Tyreek telling us. Don't fool. Uh, yeah, Ty- I mean, that's another subject for another time. But when you look at Jalen Waddle and how he played last year, it was like a dink and donk. He taking it to the house. Like, but Tua, he just don't have an arm, man. Like, I yeah. think he's going to be underthrown a lot, but I get what you're saying. Right. And so then you look at Elijah Moore with the Jets. Another guy that can show up and play well. You look at Amara St. Brown, a guy that showed up. I traded for Elijah. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look at um, St. Brown, a guy with Detroit that, you know, that really took off last year when they didn't have much target competition there. So we'll see how he does. Again, this list continues. Rashad Bateman, he's looking at the number one guy now. The number one guy being on that side to, you know, now that Number two. Number two. Well, I guess, again, the number one. Mark Andrews, number one. The number one wide receiver over there now that Marquise Brown is with the Cardinals. 
And so you continue, Devontae Smith, you know, they really, Kandarius Tony. You, I want to keep my eyes on all these guys on their second year that now have a second year under their belt that's coming into these systems now that didn't didn't play bad their first year but now have a second year to really put it together. So that's something else that I'm going to keep my eye on. And, and receiver, like you mentioned earlier, is one of those positions where it take a couple years. It, like, it's only so many Jamar Chases and Justin Jeffersons of the world. Like, it takes a few years before these guys get their feet under them. Yeah. No, no, definitely. I think another thing that I'm looking at, you know, is is some camp battles or some, you know, kind of loaded backfields at times that you may want to stay away from. And so one backfield I think that people need to have their eyes on throughout the course of the preseason is that Chiefs backfield, uh, because you talk about a backfield that is loaded without clear direction of who is the guy, can be the guy, will be the guy. Um, I know the reports are still saying that they view Clyde as the number one over there. But when you talk about a backfield that also possesses Ronald Jones, Jarek McKinnon, and then the name that is really the one that's been blowing up, honestly, the camp um, is Isaiah Pacheco or Pacheco, however you pronounce it. What? Ramon don't know how to pronounce yeah. the name? What? Yeah, it's something along that gotta those lines. got to be a first in all podcast <laughs> history, brother. Right. I'm going to say Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, but essentially, this guy that was drafted in the seventh round out of Rutgers, uh, they're saying that they really compare him to Kareem Hunt. Like they, you know, have visions of what Kareem Hunt was really in that Jacksonville. I mean, not Jacksonville, in that Kansas City offense a few years ago. Um, he's a guy that has four three speed, almost two hundred twenty pounds. So he possesses the the speed, the ability, and all of that. And so, when looking at that, just keep your eye on it. Uh, because one thing for me, I like to stay away from loaded backfields whenever, you know, we're talking about fantasy football. If you have more than than two guys that are being mentioned, I don't really like that backfield too much. So I likely will be staying away from that Kansas City backfield. So if y'all like so any of those guys. you Clyde in my dynasty league, Ramon? Oh, uh, well. <laughs> I don't think I should get no value right now. You, you got to trade him when, when his value high. Right. Let him, have, let him have one or two good weeks. Um, and then and then see if you can get rid of them or flip them at that point. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm staying away from that that backfield, honestly. So what about some quarterback battle battles in Seattle? You got your boy Geno Smith with his resurgence of going against uh Drew Locke up there in Seattle. It's a it's a close battle, and they say actually Geno is in the lead right now, running with the ones. I mean, what about his? You remember what he did in West Virginia? Don't try to play like you don't remember what who he was. He, you remember? You remember was at the game, Ramon, when uh, West Virginia came to LSU? Yeah, and he got under the wrong. He got under the guard instead of the center because he was <laughs> <Yeah>. so loud. <laughs> But yeah, man, I mean, Seattle must really like them. They didn't trade. They, they could have had Baker. Many say he's going to go after Baker and this, that, and the other. Uh, Jimmy G been on the trade uh, rumor wire. But I mean, that's a battle to keep an eye on and, and seeing what direction Seattle's going to go. And I yeah, agree. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you look at that battle. I mean, you, you don't trade for a guy in Drew Lock and think, like, hey, you know what I'm saying? We don't want to give this guy a chance, you know. Then you got the respect because Gino obviously has the respect of the locker room there. So you got to give him every chance that he needs. So it'll be interesting to see who wins that because, again, arm talent wise, I would think Drew Lock got him by a, a little bit, you know. But experience, 
Yeah, in I the think offense. Drew got a higher ceiling to me too. Just with absolutely, age. absolutely, absolutely. Gino doesn't. I mean, that that's crazy to say. I see your, I see how you looking at me. When I say high ceiling, I'm just saying a higher ceiling than Gino. I just feel, I, 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 no, I agree with you because I think Gino's really had his full opportunity right. with the Jets. Right? right, we've seen what he was. You know, whether he's changed since then, I doubt it. You know what I mean? Like Drew Locke, I feel like he was just with a bad bad situation almost you know what i mean like not again he had positions around him but it just seems like he could never get his footing under him with that situation i just think i feel like drew like me the team that believes in him and then kind of go from there yeah yeah so uh yeah that's it that's it for the battles man so uh let's get into it man what are some uh did we talk about uh must have players coming out of this draft out of this fantasy draft who who are you guys eyeing? who do you have to have if there was any any player on the board that you gotta have that you feel like your draft was a waste if you didn't get them who is it uh man i feel like this one is is, is a tough one just because like there's some of the obvious names out there so i almost yeah. don't want to go with that let me change obvious, this question up names. because i see i see the foolishness will begin with this confusion of this question yeah um let's say uh Let's do this. Just go hands in hand. Let's just let's just kind of go into who are our top players at on positions, like top, top players. players in positions. Let's start off with the quarterback position. The quarterback position. Uh, I guess I I can start that one off. I I have Josh Allen as the as the number one quarterback. No argument here. Yeah. No argument. Yeah. Here. No argument here. Yeah. Um. I mean, you look at a guy just right quickly that was the number one quarterback last year. You know had over 400 points average more than any other QB you get the passing and you get the rushing with Josh Allen and so that's something that you really want when you're talking about those upper echelon quarterbacks can they give me the passing production and that rushing production that's a good one what about you Los no I'm right there with them same thing oh you're not gonna switch it up huh I got a little, I got two of them, one A and two, one A and two, one A, one A, one B, because simply, you know me, old man on your lawn type of guy. I love a player that has a chip on their shoulder and got something to prove. It's two players that I can think of that has something to prove, and maybe in a close third. My first one is Lamar Jackson. He's already come to camp. They say that he's bulked up. He's been hearing all the noise about him not really being a quarterback. Uh, he's hearing the struggle. I'm seeing. I'm thinking that he get back and gets back into form. MVP type season for Lamar. He already has one MVP. I think that he could he's gonna be in the conversation this year as well. Um the the, the second one is uh is Patrick Mahomes. I think that he's starting to hear the noise uh, that that people have figured him out. Uh they traded away Tyreek Hill, then he's hearing all the noise about Tyreek Hill saying that two is the best quarterback. I'm expecting that I'm expecting the Patrick to play uh a, a, a pivotal role in, in trying to show people who he really is and why he's so great. So, and if I was playing one more, a third quarterback is Kyler Murray. I mean, he hears the noise. We talked noise about him, about him having a stipulation in his contract. They took it out now about him watching film and how committed he is. So I feel like all three of those guys are, have something to prove. Dang, bro. We said one. You went through your top Damn. five, bro. Golly, I bro. Three. One. God, I was just about to say, you named three in addition to Josh Allen. So that's almost I didn't your name top one. Five. I ain't, I, Josh Allen wasn't no mine. These are my top guys. All right. So let's move to running back. Running back, Derrick Henry. That's I, interesting. Yeah, yeah, we ain't got to say nothing. He don't, he don't even need. You don't yeah. need this long introduction. I got Jonathan Taylor, man. JT finished his number one running back last year. He was running back six his rookie year. That's such a home production team. is there. Hey, 
Hey, but when the homer pick is the right pick, I'm rolling with it, man. 20 touchdowns, 18 rushing, you know, two receiving. I think that that receiving number could potentially bump up a little bit with Matt Ryan back there as quarterback. So that's who I have, man. Yeah. Yeah, I have um, I have Christian McCaffrey, which I know sounds crazy based on his injury history and things that has happened. But when he does play, he is that number one guy. He's untouched as far as receiving, as far as rushing, as far as taking it to the house. Again, his injuries has been the only thing. And he's a guy, even though he's been injured the last two years, that is still going in the top three of fantasy drafts. Nice time I mean, to say that did. when our keeper league isn't there anymore and I don't have him on my roster anymore, though. <laughs> it's nice time to say that. Hey, I mean, you'd be crazy at the production that Christian McCaffrey gave me. Give me, give me some C Mac. I know he's gonna slip a little bit. I know he's not gonna go number one like he traditionally does the past couple of years because of Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry. But man, C Mac, his value, and I think he has something to prove. Another guy that's gonna play uh, with a chip on his shoulder, and a guy he had a lot of freak injuries, man. Like he had a lot of freak injuries last year. Like it wasn't due to him, I would say, declining. It just was just. He couldn't control it. So, all right, guys. So, what about wide receiver? Who's your top guys at wide receiver? I know we could probably come up with some different ones, but who's your personal one? Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, this, this is crazy because you look at like social media and stuff. Brandon Marshall's been going to different camps, right? And I thought he said Brandon I know. Marshall. I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> what year? What year is this? We played fantasy in 2011. Brandon Marshall and his. I am an athlete podcast. Let me say that. Has <laughs> been going to different uh, training camps and asking the top guys who's their top five. So that's been interesting to watch, right? To see who they say is their top five. You know, are they going to put themselves? Are they going to put this? And, you know, I'm in agreement with a lot of them. A lot of them, beside, you know, with Cooper Cup, I think Jamar Chase. Those guys had already said that Devontae Adams is their top guy. Right. And I agree with them. Right. You look at what Devontae Adams did with um, Aaron Rodgers. Then now he's matched up with his college QB. I think he doesn't miss a beat. Right. Nobody beats him with his feet and off the line. Nobody can touch him. You know, not even the best corner in the league. You know what we seen when he did to Jalen Ramsey when they matched up. So, again, when nobody can touch him and this dude is just just always open, you know, even when he's covered, he's open. You know, and I just think his hands, his feet, his route running, again, he has the best crossover step in the league getting off the line. I like him as my number one guy. I'm not. Let's stop right there. I'm not buying it, man. I'm not buying it. Like, I think I think that Devontae will have a great year. Don't get me wrong. I think he'll have a great season. But I don't think we can expect the production that he had when he was with Green Bay. And, you know, Tyreek is on his hype, hype train on tour. Tour is not Patrick Mahomes. And Derek Carr, with all due respect, is not the bad man himself, Aaron Rodgers. So from from Hall of Fame quarterback to Hall of Fame quarterback. Oh, uh, like get out of here, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think just... these guys like Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, I think they're trying to talk themselves into their new quarterback because they're definitely taking a step back in quarterback play. No, I agree 100 percent with that. I mean. Derek Carr has only had one season in his career where he's thrown over 30 touchdown passes. So this is a guy that has weapons as it relates to, of course, you know what Devontae is. Uh, but when you think about uh, the other weapons that they have, and um, I'm forgetting your boy, he's on my roster from Clemson, uh, the slot guy, slot guy. Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. You look at Hunter Renfro. 
you look at just the guys that they have at those skill positions, you know, they have one of the elite tight ends that we have in the game. Yeah, they still have a backfield with Josh Jacobs back there. I just, I mean, I, I just haven't seen so far Derek Carr, man, have one of those years where it's like, man, okay, he can throw 40 touchdowns and Devontae can go and get 15 or 16 of them. That's my only concern, concern my only yeah. concern. Now, he will I be mean, successful, and I won't – like, he'll finish top 10, but I'm not – I don't think he's going to perform like he has in the past. See, that's all fair, right? That's all fair, and that's great numbers, right? You pulled up, he didn't have 30 touchdowns, right? But when you look at his production, right, you go four straight years of throwing over 4,000 yards, that's to be talked about, right? And you can argue that he really haven't had that with Darren Waller going in and out of the lineup and him not being that consistent guy to win – quote unquote, jump balls, right? He's more of a catch and run guy like Hunter Renfo and like everybody else. You can argue now that he has his red zone target. He has his guy now to score those touchdowns. So you can make that argument now that, yes, the touchdown production wasn't there, but then you can argue that, hey, maybe he hasn't had that red zone target because the yardage is there. The yardage is definitely there when you go four straight years with 4,000 yards passing. Yeah, All right, I'm, bro. We'll, we'll see. We'll he's see trying to play. convince himself like uh, Devontae trying to convince I know, himself. man. <laughs> Rob, who, who you got as your guy, man? Uh, my, top, you my, my top guy, man. I, you know, um, I think I'm going to go with Los's guy, man, Cooper Cup. I mean, you can't ignore what he did last season. Uh, took the wide receiving uh, yards uh, title last year, this past year. I don't expect it to slow down. I mean, you got Matthew Stafford. I know he's banged up right now, but I think that he'll be fine when the season starts. Um, I mean, with that with that complimentary, uh, it seems like they really have a great, uh, great chemistry. And um, I'm, I'm expecting another big year. I don't I don't see why he wouldn't. Re- I don't say he's going to repeat what he did last year. Actually, it was it was just amazing. But um, that was just a supernatural season. But he's going to have a very good fantasy season. And I, I, I have a fourth pick in one of my drafts. And if he's still laying around there, I'm definitely taking him with that pick. I mean, sure, you know, I think you go off last year what he did, and last year was an outlier of what he's done. Um, He's just – he's – I mean, I like the guy, and I think I got a lot of people fooled, and a lot of people think that I want him top three. But honestly, I I mean, I think you guys think I'm joking when I say this. Honestly, I think he's going to take a step back this year. Obviously, not compared to his last year, but I don't think – I don't think he's going to be where he's going in drafts. His, his production is going to be what he's going in drafts, just based on um, teams not going to allow that to happen. He's going to be the guy that's double. And two, you, you know, I think it, the elbow, I think the elbow is a concern. I really do think the elbow is a concern yeah. just kind of based on what I've been watching and looking at and us managing. I think it's going to be us leaning on probably the run more. And that's why we've seen the reports that we have two RB ones. You know, I think it's going to be, that type of thing where, you know, he's not going to have, you know, last year was just like, Hey, we just going to throw it. You know what I'm saying? We just going to air it out. And I don't see that being the case, especially when you get Allen Robinson on the other side, right. A guy that's that jump ball guy that Stafford loves. I just think he's going to, I think he's going to be good. Like you said about Devontae Adams, he may finish top 10 a little bit outside of that. I don't know if he's going to be top four, top three, good. And I should not be outside honest. of the top 10. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, like, I, I want to okay. reiterate too. I don't expect him to repeat last season. Like you said, last season was an right, outlier, right, but right. he's still a top five performer. Yeah, yeah. he's gonna finish top five. 
Right. What I would say on that, like you said, the biggest thing that concerns me is Matthew Stafford's elbow, as yeah. you mentioned. Outside Definitely. of that, I don't really have concerns because I know that Matthew Stafford is going to force feed a guy like Cooper Cup. If he has the ability to force feed him, that's Matthew Stafford's guy. And we saw even the production all the years with Megatron. And I'm not trying to say, obviously, they're the same receiver. And even Kenny Galladay. But when Matthew yeah. Stafford <laughs> finds his guy, that's his guy. And those guys typically have big time fantasy seasons. So I have him up there. But my guy that I have, and y'all know that, you know, I'm a homer a lot with this type of stuff. But Justin Jefferson is my guy. And I know y'all yeah. might have thought maybe it alludes to Jamar Chase or something like that. But Justin Jefferson is my guy as the wide receiver one. You know, I look at a guy that these past two years, he had a rookie season where he finished wide receiver six. His sophomore year, he upped that and went up to wide receiver four. I look at him being in a guy uh, where that offense is shifting with Kevin O'Connell coming in there, uh, someone coming from your team, Los, uh, and seeing all the production <laughs> that a guy like Cooper Cup uh, had in that, that offensive style. And so I think that you're going to see those passing numbers go up. Justin Jefferson is unguardable at this point. I love he, had a, he had 167 targets last year, and I think that you could see that target number potentially approach the one 80 mark or so with so what do you think he finished like what are you what are your stats numbers that you think he finished with my numbers for justin jefferson i believe i have him sitting kind of around that 120 receiving receptions 120 receptions i know he did 108 last year i believe that that mark will will bump up some so i see him around 120 i think i'll see his yards climb uh to over 1700 so if i said at 120 with uh let's just say 1740 and uh i think that he'll still be around the similar touchdowns but i want to put him more in that 12 to 13 range from a mm-hmm. touchdown standpoint so yeah. i think that justin jefferson is going to be a guy that's just ridiculous and unstoppable this year he's a guy that just gets better year after year and he's always been um heavy as as it relates to receptions even when he and jamar chase played together we knew that jamar chase was the number one guy but Justin Jefferson led that team in receptions. And so, you know, that that's why he's my guy. And the reason, too, that I also did sway away from Cooper Cup, uh, it's been at least five seasons since a wide receiver, number one, has repeated that uh, particular uh, thrown and ascended to the top. So we haven't seen that since Antonio Brown uh, seeing a receiver repeat as the number one receiver from the previous year. Look, man, I, I love it. Let's move on to tight end. We'll wrap up with that. Since tight end is such a top-heavy position, let's you know, let's do it. We we know we know about Mark Andrews. We know about uh, uh, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, of course, and you know Kittle. Those guys. Let's let's uh, give the guys like some maybe some deep sleeper tight ends that they could maybe target late in the draft if they miss out on those guys. I think that'll be more beneficial to the listeners. Right. You know, I, I'll add to I add, I said David Njoku earlier is a later one, but I'll add to that. I also go with um, Irv Smith. You know, you look at Irv Smith in a situation now, again, you mentioned you bringing over the Rams offense. Right. Maybe he's not a guy that finishes, you know, top two, top three, but he's a guy that can be productive there. Um, now that he has the full time job. I mean, I know he's injured right now, so we may not see much of him. So that, again, may later on push him down the board. So we'll see. Uh, I guess a guy that's, you know, going to slip and will fall late. 
Um, and we're going to go twice with a name that I can't pronounce. So two times in the span of one podcast. What? Rob, and what? It's only right. That's right? historic, bro. <laughs> it's historic. Historic episode. <laughs> historic episode. <laughs> but I'm going to roll with Albert O, man, out of, out, of, um, out of Denver. You know, I believe that Ooh, with a yes. guy like Russell Wilson coming over there, he has all the opportunity and tools to be um, a tight end that you can rely on week in and week out. Um, and so when you look at the guys that are just in a completely different echelon, like you said, the Travis Kelsey's of the world and the Mark Andrews and all of that, he doesn't fit into that category. But he's a guy that I believe that you can plug in your lineup that's going to give you anywhere from nine to 12 points a week. And when you really talk about a tight end that's outside of the top tier, guys, you can't really ask for much more than that. I think he can also be a red zone target for them as well, too. I love that being that I traded the. <laughs> I actually uh no I drafted him in my dynasty league and I uh I actually took him off of the uh what they call it the the scout team whatever the taxi it is. squad the taxi squad um and I moved him right up to the starting position it's just like you said Ramon when you got Russell Wilson there and then they shipped off Noah Font which was yep. huge because Noah Font was regarded as the guy was supposed to be the guy um it said a lot to me when they traded off Noah Font they mean they mean that they could afford it because of how well, they thought Albert O would fit in, and Albert O did fit in pretty good when Noah Funt was hurt. So um, yeah. that, that's just, the reason. It, right, yeah. and just right quickly, too, along with that, Tim Patrick towards ACL. And so you look at that was going to be the third guy yeah. in that offense. So now you're looking at more targets that are available uh, behind Jerry Judy and um, also Cortland Sutton. So. Now you got Hamler back, so that that he's going to be a factor, too. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, uh my my guy, I, I'm gonna go. I don't like this pick, guys. I don't like it, but I'm gonna make it interesting. I'm gonna go ahead and go with Robert Tunyon. I don't like it, okay, but I can talk myself into it, and I'll do it like this. When you got Aaron Rodgers, you know Devonte Adams is no longer there. Like we mentioned earlier, he's with Las Vegas, and your only option probably outside of him would be Lazard. Uh, I think Cobb. We safe to say he's pretty washed. Um, Robert Tunya, I don't know. He's going to be a factor in this offense. I'm not going to say he's going to be the number one guy. I'm not saying that at all. But uh, he's only two years removed from that 10-touchdown season. Uh, I, I don't see why he wouldn't get more volume just because Aaron Rodgers really doesn't have many much much options out of him. We know what Robert Tunya can do when he's being targeted. So just from a, a volume perspective, and I want a piece of the best quarterback's offense, I could go, I could talk myself into taking Robert Tunyon as like a late flyer, you know, maybe what 11, you probably could get him for cheap, probably in like the later rounds, like the 11th round, 12th round, like you paid nothing for him. But if he actually turned out to be a guy that can give you 10 points, 10 to 10 to 12, 10 to 15 points a, a game, that's the steal of the draft. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with him being on the pup list, starting the camp. So he's going to be a guy that nobody's going to really get to see during preseason that much. And, you know, he can be when, you know, draft time comes around towards the end of August, beginning of September, that could be going extra late after a lot of hype get behind these other guys. Some guys score a touchdown and, you know, he could get that, become that forgotten guy. So I can definitely see that. And the last guy, just as a bonus one, is I want to throw in Adam Trotman. I really want to keep my eye on him in the preseason and see how he does. He's a yeah, young guy. I would like to see that too, Los. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a young guy that he hasn't done much in his first two seasons. But, again, you know, with that, with, 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 
with this team looking to be better this year than they were last year, I can see him being one of those surprise guys that finally show up does again. Does it to say our name? Who, the Saints? Yeah, it does, man. Actually, it does. But, um, you know, I can see him being a guy that show up again. Tight ends, one of those positions that take two, three, four years to kind of finally start showing up, finally start um, – you know, being good in the position. So this is his third year. I could see him being one of those guys that show up. So I love it. I love it, guys. So that's just a little taste. We didn't want to give y'all too much. You know, that's uh, just the beginning. Like I said, we'll be doing fantasy football talk all month, getting you prepared for your fantasy drafts, uh, talking through preseason. Um, we really enjoy this. So we're going to continue to do it. So, um, so just keep it, keep stay tuned, man. We got a lot coming as far as fantasy wise. We just want to ease into it. We'll come up with some unique topics week to week just to keep you, you know, engaged with us. So we'll appreciate everybody for listening and hanging out with us again with opinionated bench warmers. You can find us on social media, O underscore bench warmers on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast for. Just make sure you search opinionated bench warmers and subscribe if you haven't already done so uh and leave a review if you can and let a friend know just share with a friend at the opinionated bench warmers got it on and popping so until next time we'll see you guys later To you, it's just a game. For me, it's all I know. I make them remember my name before I have to go. Losing, I can't fathom. That's a champion's passion. Confidence never lacking. Drop the beat, let's attack them. They be checking for the content. You tired of that nonsense. No gimmicks, break limits. Quality is I promise. This is more than a show. This is a way of life. Cause the game as it grows takes us to higher heights. Check the stats before you check me. And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history. Robert Ramon and Carlos. The new big three And if the pins ain't from them Don't bring them to me Cause I go off like a rocket launcher Man, I just ain't the beat I'm a real monster I can hear the crowd chanting MVP That's my mantra Here's a standing on For the opinionated bench warmers